welcome to this edition of the Fat Tail Investment Podcast. I've got Alan Oliver on later, who is a trader, full-time trader, and he uses what's called a GAN methodology. And I thought we'd do an episode on WD GAN because um, I've spent many years tinkering with this subject and I've still got lots to learn, still got some doubts, and I'll tell you all about it uh, in this episode. Now, WD GAN was uh, a trader um, who was active from around 1900 to about 1950 thereabouts um, and has since died, but he's obviously his methodology lives on. Um, now, the reason I bring him up is for, for many years, I worked with a guy called Phil Anderson and, and he introduced me to uh, WD GAN. And uh, one of the interesting things of a GAN methodology is that it suggests that the markets can be timed. Now, if you pick up a, a you know a regular investment book, they'll say, "Look, don't try and time the market. You can't do it. Um, just stick your money in an index fund. Take what the market return is, because it's just too difficult to forecast what the markets might do." The gang guys reject that notion and say it can be forecast and quite specifically forecast. And uh, I learned over the years that some of the guys that do the gang methodology ha- have done this and done it in an amazing way. Now, I'll get um, Belvedere to pop up uh, an image here, and it's GAN's forecast from 1929. So he put this, he used to release a yearly forecast of what he thought the market would do. In 1928, he released this uh, shape of what he thought the market would do, Um, and that's later on, uh, that the market time to, to that general forecast that he had done which is fairly amazing. So Gan left six, six or seven books behind, lots of courses. As I say, he was active for many, many, many years. Um, now today, people pick up and apply his methodology, and one of them is Alan Oliver. And so I thought we'd get him on uh, to have a little chat about how he's made Gan work for him um, and what he sees as some of the more effective tools. Now, let me say this GAN is like this endless pit of research that you can go down as I've been tinkering with it on and off for years I've never really made it work for me but as I say I've seen other guys do it and just to preface how big and amazing this can be a mate of mine who we call Mr Spy not a not in the public domain got us all together before uh, uh, February 2020 I think it was around December I can't remember might have been January and he said, look, I've done the calculations. Um, I think the market's going to top out in February and we go down from there. Now, at that stage, the market was trending up. Most people thought the market was going to go. Now, we know, lo and behold, COVID came along, but uh, Mr. Spy had already forecast uh, a February peak uh, for the share market, and that's exactly what happened. And I saw it happen in real time right in front of me, and I still have the notes from the class that he gave. At the time, so that's what keeps me interested in GAN. So I, I keep tinkering with it um, to learn. And guys like Alan Oliver have been doing it for a long time. So if you're interested in trading, one of the figures you might come across uh, is WD GAN. If you'd like to know a little bit more, tune in to Alan Oliver. Alan, tell us. I've, I've got you on the podcast today to talk about uh, what you, how you go about it, but it's also based on a guy called WD GAN. Can you tell us a little bit about him and how you came to that methodology? Uh, Gan was a really interesting trader back in his day. 
And uh, I've always had an interest in stock markets. Uh, when I was working for ANZ Bank and I worked for them for nearly 10 years, the, uh, the bank used to in those days, and I'm going back to the 1980s, they used to give people uh, shares as a performance bonus. And I remember one year I got 300 ANZ shares, which at the time I think were about 3 or $4. But uh, when I got these shares, I didn't know anything about it. I, I didn't know what I was doing. I had no idea. And uh, somebody bought me the uh, book, 45 Years in Wall Street, and uh, got hold of that, went through that, started to uh, read through it. And I, I guess it was very lucky because 45 Years in Wall Street uh, was probably one of the easier of the GAM books that he wrote. Uh, his stuff is very cryptic, it's very guarded, and you've got to be really uh, persistent and dedicated to go through it and understand it. But the, on the premise of it, it, it seemed to make sense. Uh, 45 Years in Wall Street's got some very straightforward rules, and I started following those, and uh, it just led me down the track where I thought, well, okay, I'll, I'll keep working at it. And uh, I, I just um, gotten my teeth into it and I just never let go. I, I was always intrigued, I guess, by somebody who was making you know, 96% uh, winning trades and seemed to be able to forecast the markets. And it just got me hooked. So I just kept working at it. Now, I don't want to be rude here, but how far back are we talking when you're at the ANZ Bank? Uh, 1989 is when I left. Oh, interesting time then, just as the peak of the real estate and all that. that yeah, out. well, what was really interesting was that uh, I uh, got the shares in uh, 88, just after the 87 crash. And if I got the shares prior to the 87 crash, uh, I probably wouldn't have pursued it because the markets went through, obviously, a very, very torrid time. And it was uh, perfect timing, I guess. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I worked for ANZ from 1980 to 1989. So once you, so even 1990, so were you hand charting? Did you start hand charting back then? Yeah, absolutely. There, there wasn't any, in fact, in 1989, computers were just starting to become uh, relevant. And I, I can still remember the day that ANZ went from manual uh, telling to automated telling with those funny little machines. They look like little ETs sitting on the counter. They were terrible things. But uh, I remember them going through that stage and uh, it, we just used to hand draw charts and, and get a feel for what a market was doing. And I, I think in some respects, although we have fabulous software packages out now, the hand drawing of a market movement drawing in the daily bars and looking at the open and the close, the hand-to-eye coordination is uh, really something that's uh, underrated, it, particularly if you've never, ever done anything in trading before. I think the, uh, the hand drawing a chart does tend to give you that little bit of a focus on it. I, mean, I couldn't do it now. I've been totally spoiled with, um, with Optima. It's, it's been a brilliant software program. But yeah, in the old, good old days, hand drawing lines on charts every day, getting the data out of the local newspaper and all good fun. What's funny, um, I know Doug, I just mentioned uh, uh, before we started, he still hand draws his charts. Uh, but just to go back to WD again, so he's active from about 1900 to 1950. 
you would call him a technical analyst these days. I don't know if they used that term back then. Yep. Um, but his approach too was to not just look at patterns as most technical analysts do, but to suggest that you could time the market off various dates. Do you include that in your methodology as well? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, cycles are things that um, markets react to and they react to them very, very consistently. And I kind of think of it as a birthday. We all have a particular day that is very special to us and we uh, recognise and celebrate that. And markets do virtually the same thing, but not necessarily on a year-by-year -year basis. Uh, if you look at some of the major stock market crashes that we've had, for example, 1987 was a significant crash. 2007 was a significant crash 20 years later. And it wouldn't surprise me to see another significant crash in 2027. It, it, markets tend to do these sorts of things. One of the keys, though, I think, is that whilst we expect the market to have a cycle, it's so important to let the market confirm that first, uh, simply by saying that there is a potential cycle coming up in the market. doesn't mean to say that we should start immediately buying or immediately selling, because you've got to have a fairly robust plan on it. But, but GAN recognised that cycles do exist. There are particular numbers which have a very powerful effect on markets, and even went as far as looking at planetary rotations and the rotation of planets uh, as timing mechanisms. And as illogical as that sounds, and I'm the first one to admit, when I first saw that and heard about it, I thought, well, that's too hard. I'm just going to forget about that. But if you go through and have a dedicated research time and look at it, the uh, results can be quite outstanding. And it's, again, it's just up to us to make the effort to explore it to see whether it's got any credit. One of the, like I've, I've wrestled with Gan over the years in many different ways. One of the things that can be tricky, you talk about cycles. He had the 90 year cycle, the 60 year cycle, the seven year cycle, and then it would go weeks and days. And it was like, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to be looking at. right? <laughs> yeah. How yeah. do you cope with that? variability about what theoretically which one is overriding the others if you like yeah one of the things that i guess all of us have is a different uh, leaning into the market some of us will be long-term traders trading for our superannuation or or just for an investment there are other people like myself uh, i trade for a living and uh, i have different time frames in which i want to hold a particular market so uh, what I think we need to do is to adjust the cycles to suit the trading that we want to do. And uh, for example, in my trading in particular, I would probably hold uh, an investment for at a maximum two or three weeks because as the markets go up and down, as they ebb and flow, what I've found is that by entering a trade, locking in a position, holding it for two or three weeks, expecting that there's going to be a pullback. When the pullback comes, I can sell it. The next parcel that I buy will be slightly bigger because my account size has increased. So the cycles that we work to can be different depending on what our ultimate goal is. And there are cycles that will run for years and years, and there are cycles that will run for weeks, and some cycles will run for days. And for example, 
if you're looking at a daily chart and the market's in a strong uptrend, what you'll find is that markets typically have a profit taking or they'll pull back for three or four days and then they'll start to resume the dominant trend. So you don't need to actually pick the bottom of the market. You've just got to watch for those little pullbacks. Now, for somebody who's got a huge amount of money in a superannuation pool or an investment, that's of no relevance to them whatsoever. So they'll, they'll be looking at it on a weekly or a monthly basis. And as long as the market's running up, uh, they'll stick with it. So there's, there's different cycles, but the different cycles have got to work with your expectation or your outcome. Um, are you trading stocks or indexes or commodities or anything that looks like it's timing or moving? Yeah, I actually have about six markets that I really closely follow, and uh, that is the Australian index and the US index, the S&P 500. I look at two currency pairs, the Aussie dollar and the Great British pound. And coming from a banking background, I look at the, uh, the stocks ANZ, NAB and Westpac. And when you're following the GAN structure, those uh, five or six markets that I follow, that takes a little bit of time to do the complete review on them on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis. Uh, I know traders that will scan right across the whole spectrum and they'll, they'll look at the top 200 Australian stocks and they'll pick out Woolworths or BHP and they'll just say, well, this is a, a market that runs and uh, it's got a buy signal, so I'm going to buy it. But what I've found for me is it's better to focus on half a dozen markets and really know them very carefully, know them inside out, so that when something irregular or, or some great opportunity occurs, I'm right there on the spot, t- ready to take advantage of it. You mentioned WD Gander earlier, and he was famous in his day for doing an annual forecast. Mm -hmm. You'd sit down in November, I guess, or December and go, well, look, I think, and then famously, oh, I've got it somewhere here. Truth of Stock Tape, he had, um, sorry, not Truth of Stock Tape, Wall Street Stock Selector, he put in his 1929 forecast, which was like crazy accurate. Do you do something similar for the Aussie market? And if you do, do you have some thoughts on where the market's going this year? Uh, One of the things that I've found is that forecasting, as good as it is, is very, very tough to do. I don't think that I've seen in the nearly 30 years that I've been in, I don't think I've ever seen anyone consistently, reliably produce anything like uh, what GAN has done. Uh, And I think also that, you know, forecasting in itself uh, can be a little bit of a trap, particularly for new players, because what we do is we'll say, well, I think the market's going to run up, so therefore I'm just going to hold my shares, even though the market's falling backwards because I've made this forecast that the market's got to run up. And that, that's a very real danger. I have, from time to time, picked some significant turning points in the market. And in a book that I wrote many years ago, uh, I actually traded, as far as I'm aware, as the only trader who uh, analysed and predicted the September 11, 2001 crash. And I documented that uh, in my book. but Uh, On a general rule of thumb, I don't like to uh, try and predict the market any more than three months in advance. And when I say predict, I'm looking at what I think it's going to do, where I expect it to run, 
And uh, if I'm wrong, well, that's fine. I'll just adjust my positions accordingly. But it's just, look, just it's, let me jump in there. Did yeah. that call about 9-11 get written up somewhere? I think I've seen an article from 20 years ago. Was that you then? Because yeah. like, I'm sure somebody wrote up that. Uh, well, there you go. That is incredible. Yeah, it was covered in the local press up here. And, I'll see if I can uh, dig it out, and we'll put it on the we'll put it on yeah, the screen. Yeah, yeah. It it was uh, again one of those things that it was using some of Gan's tools, the the Gan angles that he used to use on his charts, and it looked like uh, the market was going to have a fairly steep uh, decline. And I remember going short in a rising market, and my broker said, are you sure you want to do that? Which is broker talk for you crazy. The market's running <laughs> up and you want to go short. Uh, put the short trade on and uh, fortunately stuck to my guns and it turned out to be a fantastic trade. But it, it's one of those things that you don't want to run you, you really don't want to run around and say, yeah, guess what? I predicted the September 11 terrorist attack and made a truckload of money out of it. You're not going to win too many friends doing no. that. But, I mean, you uh, wouldn't have known that was coming. No. Um, so when uh, I used to work with a GAN trader, so the market made a big low in January, for example. Do you count off that day? I mean, he used to go 30, 60, 90, 180, 270, 360, whether it be weeks, days, or months. Do you do, when you get a big low or a big high, do you do something similar? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. What Primarily what we're doing is, we're looking at uh, repeats of cycles, and, and we see this in the market day in, day out. It's it's actually uncanny that markets do that. Uh, I was talking to one of my traders uh, yesterday who's really getting uh, very, very heavily involved in the Aussie dollar, I think it was, and she noticed that there was a particular time count that was continuing to repeat. And uh, all she was doing was just waiting for the time count, then looking to see what the market was doing. And when it was uh, showing any signs of weakness in terms of her direction, she was just either buying it or selling it and uh, doing very well out of it. Uh, one of the things that you'll find is that each market, just like each individual, we've all got uh, we all prefer different colored um, clothing and we all drive different colored cars, but we're all driving a car. So uh, there are different numbers that work on different markets. But one of the things that Gan said, and, and uh, this was the starting point for me, he said that the number 144 was one of the greatest discoveries he ever made in trading. And I looked at it, I said, well, why 144? Why, why, why not 99? Why not 100? But one of the most amazing things, and it doesn't matter what market you look at, if you go through any market, a stock, bond, currency, futures, commodities, and start from any major high or any major low and simply count 144 calendar days or 144 trading days, you will be absolutely amazed at the number of times that markets turn and reverse direction around that count. It might be 142 or 143, but around the 144 mark, you quite often get some fabulous uh, reversals. And, and I've been producing uh, free weekly reports for well over 20 years, uh, focusing on the Fibonacci series, but in particular, the number 144. And, and it doesn't matter what market you look at, I guarantee if you look for it and you know about it, uh, you'll find 
uh, right in front of your eyes, fantastic uh, reversal in that market. Just out of interest, I mentioned my friend uh, Doug uh, earlier. Uh, he has still, to me, done the greatest call that I've seen. When he, he, he said the market would top out in February and it was time to go short and it was just turned into the biggest short trade of all time. Did, were you trading that market to the, were you expecting a downfall in February 2020 as well? February 2020, uh, the COVID peak? Yes. The COVID peak, uh, I'm pretty sure, if you look at it, was 144 days from the previous major peak. Really? Well, there's a perfect example. Mm. Um, so when you get a major low in March, you would, would have applied the same rules, right? And looking correct. For, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So again, had quite a few numbers. And uh, one of the things that he was doing was just, just looking at a circle of 360 degrees, uh, 9180, being a quarter of a circle or a quarter of a cycle uh, is probably the most easiest way to explain it. But uh, quite often what you'll find is that if you get a low and then the market runs up for 63 days and then makes a peak and then starts to decline. Uh, I'm looking for 63 days from the top, and then I'm expecting uh, potentially a bottom 63 days from that. And if you actually do the exercise, just pick any market you like and go and have a look at the repeats of the cycles or the numbers, um, the number 144, for example, it, it's staggering that, that markets actually do this and they do it consistently. Um. When we spoke to Matthew the other week, we said, like, where should new traders go? Uh, and he brought up you. So when you bring your experience and all the study that you've done, where do you start with people? What we do is uh, I start them basically on a very, very simple process. Uh, GAN had some very advanced tools. Some of them are quite illogical uh, the square of nine seems to be a real favourite, particularly from traders in India for some reason, and I guess it's because it's got something to do with uh, Indian uh, culture. But uh, I just start them on a very simple basis of analysing the trend. Uh, again, produced, well, he didn't actually produce it, but he recognised its power, and that was what we call today the GAN swing chart which was really just uh, following a market as it ran up and then following it when it moves down and just drawing like a, a set of lines, very similar to what a line chart is. But what we're doing is we're just simply looking at um, turning points at peaks. We're looking at how long a peak lasts, uh, how far it moves in time and in price, and then just tracking to see if we can pick up the signature of a particular market. And once we start to do that, we start to understand that. I even, I mean, as good as Gan was, and his stuff is brilliant, I still use things like moving averages. They are fabulous on a chart. I introduce some of the standard tools that most traders will be familiar with, like the MACD, for example, I think is a very, very powerful tool for looking at major peaks and major lows. And once we start to understand a market and understand what markets are and how they work, then we can go through and start to look at some of the more advanced things like GAN was producing what we today call GAN fan angles. 
which are really just a trend line on a chart, but at a prescribed rate. So a trend line just joins top to top or bottom to bottom and produces an angle. What GAN would do would start from a low and then would start uh, one cent per day and 10 days across, 10 days up. So he was producing an angle based on a prescribed rate. And those sort of things, surprisingly enough, produce terrific opportunities from time to time. And what we've just got to be doing is monitoring the chart, um, carefully looking at what they're doing. The one thing you can't teach traders is discipline and patience. That's got to come from within. But if, you ha- if you're a very impetuous type of person, uh, trading is not for you. It, it's, it's a very disciplined art. And you've got to be very, very focused to do it. Yes, I can speak from experience there. Um, Whenever I have done that in the past, it's usually cost me dearly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. All of us have. That's the one thing I can say to you is that I've been very fortunate over the years. I've met, you know, all of the big traders, the Larry Williams and all all the swaggers and all of those guys. I've met them at all the different conferences around the world. And I can tell you that the one thing that comes across, which I hope gives some people some heart, is that nobody ever became successful at trading overnight. It just does not happen. We all do the same things. We all make mistakes. We all stuff up. We all lose money. We all wish we'd never got into that trade. We're into something wishing we were out of it. We've all made those mistakes. So uh, what you've got to realize is that a doctor goes to university for seven years before he's let loose practicing on people. And trading's no different. It might not be seven years, but you've got to go through that early education process. And that's why it's so important when you start, uh, e- even if you just keep your trading to a very, very small parcel, you know, buy 10 shares of something just to get the feel that you know that you're on the right track. One cycle that uh, has popped up for me, uh, I've sort of observed anyways, this idea of a seven-year cycle. So we had 2008, obviously, ugly year. 2015 was a down year, uh, and we can go further back on it. But it seems like every seven years we get a – something goes wrong. 2022, um, are you expecting some sort of seven-year cycle to play out? Uh, not sure about a seven-year cycle at this point. Um, I actually think that the markets – uh, will have a, a pretty sharp pullback as they're going through right now. But I've, I've got a feeling that I, I, and again, it's still very early, but I'm looking at potentially end of March, early April for a bottom in the markets, and then it could turn around and have a rally for the rest of the year. Uh, it, the, the cycles themselves uh, do work and they can work very well, but like everything, they can change and you will get some variations out of them. Uh, but uh, as I, think, I said, actually, I, I've cut you off there, but I was going to say, sometimes I find too with what we call a GAN trader, you're a GAN trader, a GAN trader will actually say something different or focus on a different thing. And so in a sense, it's, it's sort of a methodology of GAN, but you, you never get a group of GAN guys seemingly agree, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Absolutely. And look, that was one of the main issues that uh, you'll come across from time to time is that in, I think in Gans day, it was basically that you put some material out there, but you didn't give the whole thing. It was kind of like, 
you've got to do the work and you've got to figure it out for yourself. And I think in today's world, we, we're more or less inclined to say, well, A, B, C, D, and E, and this is basically how it works. I think the other thing that uh, Gann was very conscious of in his time was that there were a lot of imposters out there who would um, follow what he was doing and then would take some of that information and bundle it up and sell it to somebody else and, and not provide any feedback or service with it. And I think he was quite well aware of that. So what he used to do was uh, his stuff is it's kind of cryptic and it's a little bit guarded and it's a little bit secretive. And as a consequence today, what you find is that if you get four or five gang guys in a room and, and they might be very, very good traders who make a lot of money, but you'll find that they disagree on certain aspects of uh, what GAN was doing and how tools are used. And that was one of the nightmares, I think, for Optima was that you've got a particular <laughs> tool there, but you've got 10 people saying, no, I want it done this way or it should work that way. Uh, so they've constantly uh, got to create these filters and these variations on it so that it, it keeps everybody happy. But you're right. Um, you'll find that a lot of people will have different ideas um, and, and that is, is just something that's never going to change. When it comes to Gann, do you suggest people go and start with his books first before coming to a guy like you or do, is it better to do it within with the, someone to sort of guide you? Because they can be, like you pick it up and you go, what is this guy gibbering on about? Like I've yeah. made a cup full of this. How yeah. do you think they go about it? Uh, look, I, I think the first thing is that you know, obviously you've got to have some interest in, in trading in the markets and you've got to have uh, um, a reason for following it, whether it is just for fun or you want to make money or you want to manage your own uh, super account or you just want to be able to be a little bit more informed. But uh, I, I think uh, the book 45 Years in Wall Street, of all the books that he wrote, and you can see them at the, the top of my shelf, uh, all the books that he wrote, they all were very, very in-depth. There was, there was no uh, warm-up to it. It was like page one, bang, and we're into it. But the 45 Years in Wall Street, I think, was probably the, the easiest book to comprehend and to follow through. And that was the last book that he wrote in, in real terms. So that's probably the best place to start. Uh, what I find is that people come and they'll basically say, look, I've, I've seen some of this stuff, but it doesn't make sense. And uh, I know that there's something there, but I, I just can't figure it out. Now, if you want to start to try and figure it out by the books and the courses and all of the things that Gann wrote, you probably need to allow yourself a minimum of 10 years to be able to, to get from a point where you can read the book and then actually start using it for making money. Where I come in is that because I've done that and I've been down that track, I can clarify a lot of the, the guarded secrets in there and I can say to people, well, what this is actually saying is that if you do A, B, C, D, and E, you'll end up uh, understanding how markets move. So primarily, uh, I'm not uh, changing anything that GAN's done, and I'm not rewriting uh, GAN's books. What I'm simply doing is cutting it back to a point where we can look at it and say, oh, okay, now I understand what he's talking about. Because in actual fact, what he was doing was, was brilliant. It was ahead of its time and nobody 
nobody has ever repeated his trading success that I'm aware of. And I've been around in this now for over 30 years. I've never seen anybody do anything close. And it may well be that uh, nobody ever will. But even if you look at, again, himself created probably about 20 different trading tools, if you can master two or three, you can do very, very well. You mentioned you wrote a book a long time ago. Have you got another one in you or one coming? Uh, I tend to do most of my stuff on video now. And, and the reason behind that is that most people that I have spoken to have said they much prefer the video because primarily they can, uh, it, it's like looking over your shoulder and seeing exactly uh, how the tools work, why you've done what you've done. And sometimes in a book, particularly if it's a complex matter, uh, it's quite easy to misconstrue or misinterpret what's actually meant. So uh, I've, I've thought about it. And uh, from time to time, I will write little articles that I send out to people. But uh, these days, uh, the, um, the markets keep me really busy. I love what I'm doing. And I've got uh, a couple of hundred students that I actively work with. And uh, that, that keeps me pretty busy these days. So you mentioned you do your free videos. Anyone listening to this, when they come to you, is it a case of you, they're, they're training the market and, and, and they'll touch base with you and go, look, I'm looking at this. What's your perspective on it? Is that what you mean by mentoring and, and having students? Or Yeah, primarily, look, one of the things that I try not to do is to say to someone, I think Westpac as a stock is going to rise and I think Woolies is going to fall and I think the Aussie dollar is about to have a big run. Because the way that I look at it, that if I'm doing that, um, then primarily I'm, I'm going against what it is that I'm trying to do. What I'm trying to do is to get people to be independent. So I want them to understand the tools and understand what the tools are saying, but they've got to make the decisions themselves as to whether they buy and sell. Because otherwise, uh, you're never going to learn. And primarily, so uh, what I will do, if, if someone will... Uh, have a particular market that they're following and they're struggling with it, I might point them in a certain direction and just say to them, well, if you look and if you do this and that and do this and that, what you'll end up seeing is uh, the, the way that that market is vibrating or the way that the market is moving and it might make a little bit clearer. But I, I really don't want to be at a point where I'm saying buy now, sell now, because otherwise we just don't learn. Well, I understand from my experience, there's really no substitute for doing the work yourself because you in that sort of gives you the conviction and the confidence and, yep. and that kind of thing that you can't really get from somebody uh, else. All right, so um, thank you. If anyone's interested in WDGAN, they get the books, they come to you. Just as an aside, you mentioned you've met many different investors. If they find GAND isn't for them, do you still think there are ways to trade the market successfully outside of GAND? Oh, absolutely. Um, look, look, GAND is one of the great traders of all time. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt about that. But there are many, many traders who are making money out of the markets. They've got their own unique styles. Uh, there was, uh, I mean, go right back in history and you'll find that, uh, in fact, one of the guys I'm researching right now was a fellow called Harriman. 
And Harriman traded only railroad stocks in his day, and he made hundreds of millions of dollars by simply trading one set of stocks. And that's all he did. Uh, and his technique and his strategy was very unique. But there are many, many traders with many different uh, methods, and they all make money. So what you've got to try and do, I guess, is to, is to find uh, the, the balance for you. I, ha I have GAN traders who have no interest whatsoever in studying what GAN did with planets and astrology, and, and that's fine. Um, but uh, you, you will find that as you research and do a little bit of homework into trading in the markets, what you'll find is that there's a tool or there's a method that really makes sense with you for what it is that you're trying to achieve, whether it's long-term trading or short-term uh, profit-taking. But you'll find a method or a, a tool that works for you. And when it starts to work for you, funnily enough, the key then is to stick to it without mucking around with it. Because what we all want to do is we want bigger, better, faster, and we want it tomorrow. And that just doesn't happen in trading in the market. So find the market that you like to trade. As I said, I, I love to trade the Australian banks because of my previous history. Find the tools that you like to use and stick with it and learn as you progress. Start slowly. But eventually what you'll find is that whatever method you use, it will start to show returns. Well, great. That is a fantastic uh, way to, to sum up. So thank you for coming on the show. And uh, hopefully we can do it again soon. No problem at all. Thanks very much for having me, Callan. I really appreciate it.